This episode of the This Is Reportage podcast is sponsored by PickTime. If you're on the fence about switching to PickTime, then now's the best time as they're currently running their Black Friday deal. An amazing 20% off yearly plans and free gallery migration for up to 200 galleries. On top of that, new users get one bonus month when upgrading to any paid plan with the code ThisIsReportage. This deal runs through November 27th, 2023. And honestly, I can't recommend them enough. If you've listened to the podcast before, you've no doubt would have heard me bang on about how great they are. I've been using them for my galleries and print sales for years now, and I've long been saying how super pick time is, even before they sponsored us. Head to pick-time.com to find out more, as well as a 20% off and free gallery migration for up to 200 galleries in the Black Friday sale. There's also a free 30-day trial in general. And don't forget that new users can also get one bonus month when upgrading to any paid plan with the code ThisIsReportage. Hi and welcome to episode 136 of the This Is Reportage podcast. My name is Alan Law, I am the founder of This Reportage and This Reportage family, and I'm a photographer too. So great to chat to the fab Matt Badenoch this week. As well as being one of the UK's best documentary wedding photographers, Matt is also a brilliant street photographer, and earlier this year launched Street With Matt, teaching his own street photography workshops all over the world. We talk about that on the episode today, along with lots of other things, including how street photography can improve your wedding work in so many ways, why slowing down can make such a difference, being married to a fellow wedding photographer and how they chose their own wedding tog, how to improve your double skills, the story behind one of his specific reportage awards, tips on capturing proposals, why a feature on his About Me page can lead to conversation, why he doesn't hide on the street and the importance of smiling, and so much more quick couple of things from me firstly at the time of this episode going out there's just three days left to submit to our final awards of 2023 the deadline is the same for both our wedding site and family site submit by 2359 gmt on the 23rd of november 2023 if you're interested in possibly making our top 100 photographers of the year or top storyteller lists then this final round is especially important so all the best if you're entering and really try to not leave it to the last minute to submit. Secondly, our Christmas party is just a few weeks away now too. Really can't wait. It's free and exclusive for TIR and TIRF members and you can bring a guest too. It's on Monday, December the 11th in London, 8pm to 2am. And the first couple of hours is for chatting, catching up with friends and making new ones. And then from 10pm the DJ starts. So it caters for those who like to chat and those who like to dance the night away too. Lots of people I've interviewed on the podcast will be there, including Matt, and the Fab York Play Studios will be there selling and signing their amazing Is This Something book too. Should be a great night. Remember, you must RSVP via the link in the members area or newsletter if you want to come along. Hopefully see you there. Right, over to Matt. Hey Matt, how you doing? Hey Alan, I'm doing good, thank you. How you doing? I'm uh, also good. Yeah, also good. Also good. The uh, let's start with weather, Matt. Let's do it. People expect the weather. <laughs> what is it like where you? It's okay here in Cornwall. It's a bit cold. Got the heating on now. But are you in? Are you in Brighton? You in Brighton? No, we're in between Brighton and London. We're like Haywards Heath is near Gatwick, but it's on the like London Brighton line, so like really convenient. Um, oh, that's handy. Yeah, it's a nice cloudy, muggy. Yeah, not too bad today. Muggy, 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 muggy is in. Muggy is the wrong word. <laughs> I was going to say, it's yeah. not muggy here in Cornwall. 
<laughs> we have a little heat bubble. Um, no, no, it's definitely a case of autumn is finally here. It is colder. Um, but yeah, no, all good. It's nice that it's not raining. We've had a lot of rain here the last few days. Yes, and here as well. There's a storm coming in, isn't there? Is it Storm Kieran or something? I don't know. But um, yeah, have you had your heating on yet? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, lo- I love how British this is kicking off. <laughs> The stereotypes are true. Um, yeah, a little bit. Luckily, we're quite, it's quite, um, this, the building, we're in like a flat and the building was actually made in the same year as me, 87. Um, but it's yep. actually pretty well insulated. So we've had it on a little bit, but not too much. That is good. That's like the opposite of our house. We've got virtually no insulation, I think. So yeah, no. everything just goes out. But you know, it's all good. Eighty-seven, man. You're you're whippersnapper, young. <laughs> I don't feel it. My <laughs> knees click. Um, I'm doing stuff on my back. Like I don't feel young anymore. Oh no, that is young though, dude. That is no, that's cool. That's cool. Um, and how has your season been? How's things been this year? Have you got many more left to shoot? No, I am done now. And my last one a couple of weeks ago, um, I have been shooting a few proposal shoots and I do those in London a bit as well. So kind of like plug the gaps. I've got one this afternoon. This afternoon. Um, oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, and um, a few of those. But yeah, no weddings finished off. It's been, yeah, really fun. Like not the greatest <laughs> weather over the summer, but mm. uh, really fun couples bunch. Um, I did a few, a uh, few less this year to make a bit of space for, for the launch of yeah the new business but um but yeah so it's been a yeah really fun season oh good stuff good stuff and that new business we will definitely talk about in detail later on as well that's really exciting man congrats on that it's awesome we'll, yeah we'll go into that later as well but that's cool yeah good you've had a good season um yeah i finished as well actually a couple of weeks ago so that feels good doesn't <laughs> it that's all good have you been away any destinations this year um trying to remember i do feel like since the pandemic my years blur together and i'm not good at separating them I think this year, actually, I I was actually turning down overseas weddings. I've done a lot of them in the past, really enjoyed them. But I've got to a point where I wanted to be a bit more like when I go traveling to choose where I go, um, which does mm. also kind of coincide with, with the business. Um, but Karina and I did uh, have an amazing, uh, Karina's my wife, by the way, is also a wedding photographer. That's uh, how we met. And she's also into street photography. And uh, perfect, we had, perfect match, Matt. I, perfect uh, match. It's, it's, it is amazing to like, be able to share that passion with your partner as well. Yeah. Uh, we had this uh, big trip at the beginning of the year. Uh, we had about six weeks and we went to Bangladesh, India, uh, Vietnam and Thailand. Wow. And that was kind of like a bit of a photography trip, kind of like, yeah, some street photography. We also did some work with some NGOs and charities. And it was just, yeah, that was a remarkable experience. So we, we kind of, that was most of our like traveling uh, bunched up. Um, yeah. I've also, yeah, went to, went to Rome, uh, did a workshop there. And uh, yeah, we're actually off in a few weeks to uh, Japan, which is something we've wanted to do for so long. So really, really excited for that. That's so cool. Man, you live like proper adventurous life then. That's awesome. It's, it's, it's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't complain. I, I've got a question down here, actually. You mentioned it already. I've got a question about um, you being married to a very talented web photographer in Karina as well. So, yeah. So what is that like, though? I mean, and like, do you never see each other on Saturdays at all? Do you always shoot your own solo gigs or do you ever shoot like together? Yeah, so we have, so when we met, we already, we both had our own businesses um, and we've kept that. Uh, we we occasionally shoot together. It's actually on overseas weddings. Uh, we normally shoot together. If I have like a yeah, overseas wedding and uh, I say a couple like, do you want a second shooter? And, you know, I have I know to a know good one. one. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I'm always transparent. I say it's my wife, but I can I send her um, yeah Karina's website so they can see I'm not being like she just want to get you know free flights and accommodation. For my wife. Yeah. Uh, but that's been amazing. I think we did one uh, yeah at the end of last year. It was like three days in Turkey. It was a British Indian wedding, and so it was like start at ten o'clock in the morning. It would finish at three o'clock in the morning for three days, wow. and it was just that was so much fun. Uh, but normally we 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 have our own business. We shoot together. I have our, sorry, we shoot separately. We have our own uh, weddings. But we we see each other during the week the whole time. Like right now, I'm speaking to you. We're in our we got a little office uh, with our two you know two desks next to each other. So that's really nice because we get to see each other pretty much like all the time outside of weddings. Uh, mm. It's also nice having someone who gets the ups and downs of being a wedding photographer. And so it means that like, you know, Tuesday nights are new Friday night and so you can go out and there's not as many people out. Things are a bit cheaper as well. And oh, yeah, that's a bonus. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's, and, you know, we go into Brighton and there's like, you know, two for one on cocktails or something in the evening. That is it's, good. And two for one dominoes on Tuesday. It is. It is. <laughs> We're Pizza Express people. but Oh, nice. I like, um, what do I have? Um, Polo Adastra at, at Pizza Express. That's what it's called. Yeah, it's nice. But I mean, no, that is cool, man. Is she? You said you got like desks, right? Is she? Is she right there next to you now? Like, um, no, well. no, she, she's she's uh, she's next door in the living room, actually keeping the cats quiet so they don't interrupt the call. Oh, okay, yeah, that's important. That's cool. Um, what was it like though? It must have been, you know, something we haven't really spoken about in a while on the podcast, which is great. But when you know the whole COVID time, that must have been, you know, both as wedding photographers both as that i presume both and that's your main income stream that must have been particularly scary when you're both in it together like that yeah that and that was tough and unfortunately and i know it's you know it's it tough for so many people different reasons and but we had uh we were living in brighton at the time and we um we both didn't receive we were like part of that as if five million people who kind of fell through the gap in government support um oh, i was uh like karina she was i think four years into a business but you know the first two years where you know you have a lot you know investing a lot more so like lower profits and the way they calculated is they look at the average across those like four years and of course tax year behind so it's like if they counted her previous tax yeah that she would have got like the full amount but instead she got it was like 10 percent of that um so it was barely anything and i'm i'm a limited setup as a limited company so I, i didn't really get anything either and so we actually had to go we ended up moving in uh, with my parents um, for I think 12, 14 months. Wow! Right, yeah. So cheer, which you know, grateful to have that option and to you know put, put, take the financial pressure off. But but it, it was yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I could, well, man, yeah. I mean, I can only imagine. I mean, it was obviously yeah, stressful for me, but luckily my wife was employed as well and for the NHS. So mm. yeah, to have to both of you, ah, yeah, mad times, but. Nice you were able to move in um, with parents. Your parents, was it? Or? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was my parents. Um, so I was, I, you know, and I was very grateful to them and just, to, yeah, to have that option. Um, but it was just, it, you know, it was quite a small house and you know, they were struggling with things in their own way. And um, and Karina's, Karina's family, Karina's uh, Romanian and her family is, still lives in, in, most of them live in, in Romanian. So that was, that was really tough on her as well because, you know, where normally it's just a three-hour flight from Gatwick that's up the road and it's really accessible. Suddenly, you know, during the pandemic, everything shut down and, yeah, suddenly it seems so much further away. And I think for people, friends as well, who lived here with family overseas, and I think it was extra tough for them. Uh, yeah, that, that makes sense. Mad time. It's, it's so weird thinking back to that, that period, it's actually. It's yeah. surreal. It feels like 
a yeah just like a bad dream and that it's like almost like we've yeah and I, I get the i get the want to like move on from it but it is like i kind of feel like we haven't properly processed it and mm. it's weird it's surreal and i feel like yeah time since then just feels like a weird blur weird blur and I feel like psychiatrists are going to be like writing papers about this for decades. (laughs) Yeah, interesting. Um, And you mentioned that you met Karina through wedding photography. Did you meet at like a a wedding photography like conference event or anything? Or it was kind of. I think we initially met through a. um, She actually reached out like uh, when I was based in London. I was like really high up on Google for yeah London wedding photographer, and I used to get people a few times a month reach out who were coming, getting it started photography, and just wanted to you know I mean sometimes want a second shoot, but I very rarely use second shooters, but you know they just want to know a bit of information, and so I'd always say like yeah if you want to come for a coffee, I'd happily have a coffee and share whatever you want to know. I had some people you know help me when I started out, so I was always very happy to do that. And so initially I met her through that, and then I recommended her style, kind of reminded me of I don't know if you are Anna Puma. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, really lovely and uh, yeah, awesome photographer. And so I recommended Karina go do her workshop. And then actually Anna ended up asking me to do like a little SEO segment for that workshop later on. And then, uh, then yeah, I just kind of got, so then I started to, yeah, get to kind of through that, get to know her a bit more. And then, yeah, so Aww. the rest of this history. Yeah, the rest is history. No, that's really nice though. It's just, I just don't, don't know many wedding photographers. I think they got together a few, but not many. Still kind of a, yeah and no, i think it is yeah we don't know many either actually thinking of it but it's but yeah I, I think we just feel so lucky that it is you know being able to spend a lot more time together like as everyone knows when you when it's not like you know sometimes our friends who aren't self-employed think like oh your own boss you can work whenever you want and it's like well yeah we we do have a lot of work but you do the bonuses you do have that flexibility a bit mm. and because yeah for us it's really nice to have that so that we can take days off you know, we still we work really hard, but we can take us during the week. You know, if we have an overseas wedding or something, we can tag on a bit of a holiday to it. And it, yeah, we're very grateful to have that kind of flexibility. It's yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, no, it's lovely, man. It's really nice. And I mean, I mean, similar. Well, not similar, I guess. But my wife now is um, been self-employed for the last few years. So, you know, we're at home together all the time, apart from weekends when I'm away shooting. So it's it's lovely. Very very lucky to have that kind of. Oh, nice. Yeah, that is nice. Um, and w- let's talk about it now, Mangs. You mentioned it earlier as well. And it must be really handy, actually, living right near to Gatwick for, for all your travels. So, yeah, you recently launched a few months ago your street photography workshop, Street with Matt, which is an awesome name, by the way. <laughs> it's so it's really good so it sort of says what it is on the tin straight away it's great it's cool um so congrats on that dude how is it tell us all about it you know how long has this been in the in the making oh thanks a lot um yeah i mean it's been it's actually kind of been a long time like i i mean i i think a lot you know a lot of people fall into photography sometimes unintentionally and when i when i started photography i I'd um just think how far back to go with this. Um, yeah, it could go back. It's good. You could always edit edit out if it's boring. Um, no, it's all good. But I I started. I just left uh, university. I had a I done economics, so yeah, really 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 creative uh, course um, at Bath University, and I had a job lined up to work with a consultancy company in London. And I kind of delayed that and I decided to go out um, and I just kind of picked a country random and I went to and I spent seven months in Freetown, Sierra Leone, it's like West Africa. Uh-huh. And I was on your did, own. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh-huh. uh, flew out and I got a um, job with uh, an NGO, just kind of knocked on doors and so like, yeah, with a charity there. 
I was actually doing some uh, GIS mapping for like health clinics and stuff in the area. It was really interesting. But while I was over there, I just actually bought my first camera at the airport heading out. And a lot of people, when they heard I was going, they were like, oh, is it safe? Isn't there a war going on? And at this time, like there was a civil war, but the civil war had finished like 12 years earlier. And it was very safe. And it was an amazing country. And I kind of wanted to change people's perspectives of, you know, show them what I was seeing. And I was like, hey, I've got this camera thing. Maybe I can do something with that. And so I just went on the street and unbeknown to me, I was kind of, that was kind of street photography, even though I never heard of it before. And I just kind of fell in love with the camera's ability to one, capture places and people. And, but also like, you know, how I started seeing how it saw light differently and how you could use that creatively. And it just, yeah, really fell in love with it. And I came back to the UK, uh, started my job and, but started thinking about how I could actually, yeah, turn this into career and looked at wedding photography went in straight away advertised for documentary wedding photography that's how i wanted to do it um and then being that was about 10 years ago but then during that time i just kept doing street photography organized some trips with other street photographers actually organized them with uh anna puma who i mentioned earlier oh, yeah. uh, we went to india we went to colombia uh which is an amazing experiences and then it was more i then started getting this idea probably about more like four or five years ago of of, of turning this more into a more formal thing and because uh, I just love street photography, I thought a lot of other people could, yeah, like would really enjoy this passion. It's an amazing way to see see the world, connect with people. And uh, yeah, I was actually going to launch this in 2020. All <laughs> right, yeah, not the best yet. Pandemic <laughs> thing happened. Yeah. Um, and things have been, and then you know we were catching up with all those weddings and everything. And then I was going to order uh, uh, launch at the beginning of this year. Uh, but then just life got in the way and then I launched it. Yeah. In June, July. So peak wedding season, which in hindsight is probably not the best time to launch a new business. It's, it's been a bit manic, but it was, um, but yeah, that, that's like kind of how, yeah, I got to, got to that stage of the launch. Really cool, man. And how's it been since, since the launch? I mean, cause, cause you're doing workshops all over, aren't you? So yeah. Tell us like, where, where are you doing workshops? Yeah, it's been great. So I've, I've kind of got like three different uh, types of workshop one is just the one day once is a full day uh starts in like a couple hours in the classroom with some theory practical go out do some mini assignments um then get people more to follow their interest and we finish off with a little critique at the end of the day and those one day ones i've been doing uh, around the uk quite a few around london brighton doing one in a couple of weeks up in leeds done a few in dublin um most of these are like sold out which which has just yeah has been amazing so cool um and i'm really really grateful for that and but then also i've got a uh, three-day ones which are kind of around cities around europe so i've already done one in rome uh which is yeah really really good fun and with those like the first day is a bit similar and kind of slaying the foundation with street photography but then it's just going to like just these amazing places and just shooting a lot um all my workshops are kept to five people so that it's you know it's more it's more intimate atmosphere it's easier on the street but also it means that i can give people more one-to-one -one, depending on where they are and where their interest starts to take them yeah and then i've also got one week ones uh which uh, i got my first one coming up in march next year which is going to be vietnam so that's nice. going to be one week in hanoi which is just an incredible city and yeah so i'm really really excited for that and also i've actually barcelona coming up in um in February but I think what I really loved about these workshops and it's something I kind of wanted from the start was just to have a mix of people because I, I, th I think it's something that can really yeah I've had so many benefits from it and I think it's something that can benefit a wide range of people 
And, you know, one is obviously wedding photographers. I think it'd be really great for wedding photographers. And I'd say so far about 50% of uh, people in my workshop have been wedding photographers and wedding videographers as well. We've had a few oh, of those. Cool. cool. And, are, there, are, are there ones that have done, uh, do you have a mix of like people who have done zero street photography and some that have done quite a bit? You know, is it quite a mix? Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's, it's, I'd say most people it's beginning. And I think all the street photographer, all the wedding photographers, some of them have had a little bit of gone out on the street. Most of them are doing it for the first time. A lot of people, it's, I think a lot of people look at street photography and see it as a bit, it can be a bit intimidating. Mm. Uh, and I think it's, a lot of that comes to do with the approach to it. I've, you know, in 10 years, I've never had a single issue or problem, but uh, I know it's, it's, it's kind of quite key on how I act where other people I have had heard have problems. Their approach is quite different. Um, and so I think a lot of people have come on the workshops have kind of like been interested by the idea, but maybe didn't know where to start. And this mm. is kind of like, workshops quite a good like safe place to go and dive into it and, and give it a go uh, yeah because you're in that kind of nice group together that must feel a bit safer in that group exactly and but i also equip people with the approach that is and show them how you can do it that it is you know you are doing it in a very not safe way but you're doing it in a yeah like a your you, it's an approach you know you should photograph with respect for your for the for the, you know the people on the street and you do in a way that any kind of in, interactions you get are like positive um mm. and demonstrate that to them so it's it's and then obviously i'm always there anyway which i think can help as well um yeah, yeah i think it's and then the other types of people have been there's been some people like retirees who have a camera and want to try things i've quite a lot of people from like local camera clubs um, but it's been really nice. It's been a really wide range of ages, backgrounds, and it's so nice because at the beginning, you know, everyone's kind of coming from different places. But by the end, I mean, there was a great one in Dublin where, yeah, it was just such a mix of different people on it. And and at the end, everyone's just doing shots in the pub. Um, <laughs> nice. Which isn't a required part of the workshop, but sometimes, you know, we'll go for a drink afterwards. And um, But yeah, I yeah. think for me, it's been really lovely to see and just the progress because we do that little critique at the end i get to you know see how people done and, and just everyone even people who picked up their cameras like a couple of weeks before for the first time like they just everyone is getting great stuff and it's yeah it's that that's been really amazing to see that's really cool man it must be so rewarding and so you it, yeah because because the biggest thing or one of the biggest things for me you know i've never done it so that big that it, the fear factor i think is a big part so to to be able to take a group like that and show them firsthand that look it's not scary and that you can do this and you're not going to get attacked and so you're giving people that physical confidence for them to then go out later on their own doing it. it's a big deal what you're doing there i think it's it's really really cool it's really cool um and your one's already sold out after double i mean after doc day coming up in february isn't it yeah, yeah. Um, Lee's sold out. Dublin sold out. Um, I've good. got a few in London. I think have uh, one or two spaces left. That's in December and January. Okay. Uh, I also like. I'm. I get sometimes people. I have a list. Sometimes I have people reaching out to me like, "Oh, can you come to Birmingham or Manchester?" And if I get like two or three people wanting that, I'll then you know put it on and and make it happen. Um, so it's 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 really cool. Um, yeah, like that's yeah, really cool. That's really cool. You can be that kind of yeah. Do it like to people's wants is really it should come to Cornwall and do it I think it's really nice that you've got like five people that's really intimate as you say loads of one-on-one -on -one time people are not going to feel overwhelmed and you're not going to be too conspicuous on the streets then if you had like 15 of you like walking around as well so it yeah, makes 100%. a lot of thought going to 
and there's some people are coming from different places so people like require like different things or want to learn different things so i think that two hours in like the classroom environment is really good just for setting the scene and you know you're just in a classroom very safe space and just explain to people about you know approach and you know sharing stories from my own experience and then we go out and the beginning is i'm giving people like little mini assignments so it's kind of like more directed um because i'm i you know i'm a big i think it's important for people to learn to go out and try rather than you know me just walking around and being like oh here's something look and i take a photo and then move on and mm. so it's this i think it's a it's and it's nice it's a process i've really believed in for years and it's just so cool to see it yeah in action and come together and yeah just people's experience of it is, as you mentioned yeah rewarding i'd say is the word it's been really really rewarding man it's great it's really cool it's really cool and you mentioned how you've had quite a few um you know wedding photographers come on as well and it's something you know i've we're not talked loads on the podcast but it has come up quite a few times i think street photography in general and you know people always say how street photography has really helped and shaped um their kind of wedding work and have you found that then has, has it had a big impact on on your kind of wedding work um, massively. Uh, what's interesting, I never kind of went and did street thinking, hey, this will be good for my wedding work. Um, but it's looking back, it's had huge impacts. I think the biggest single impact would be that it's really reintroduced play and a sense of playfulness back into my wedding photography. I I think, you know, I've spoken to a lot of photographers who had this experience is, you know, you get into photography as a passion and then it's like, yeah, I get to, you know, do my passion and get paid for it. But then that can kind of over the years slide away a little bit. Um, and I think, yeah, doing street photography really brought play back in my photography because when you go out on the street, like you, you, you just do it for you. You don't have to share it anywhere. You don't have any requirements. No one has to ever see these images. You're just in the moment, you know, having fun, being creative just for you. And it's a really great experience, but it's also yeah, brought that back into my wedding photography, which has been really nice. Like I don't even get anxious before weddings anymore, which which I used to do a lot. And I think that's a big part of it. It also really helps, like street photography is really good at helping, like just training your eye to see more. You notice so much more. And so that really helps with wedding photography because you just, you walk into a room and you can just see all these opportunities straight away. So even if you only have like 10 minutes to capture the, you know, the drinks reception, you walk in the room and now I'm like, cool, there's that from there. I can do this from here. That's some cool light there. There's some nice colors there. And then I just, uh, you know, go around and just, just get that all really quickly, which is great um, if you're tight on time, but also gives you more room to play and be creative and experiment. Um, and it's, yeah, you get to, by watching people, you get to notice as well uh, anticipate what people are going to do, like read them as well, anticipate moments. And, and, you know, just being able to see light compositions better, it also helps with like the portrait part of the day. You know, you might only have a few minutes to scout a location, but you can see these opportunities a lot quicker, um, which is, yeah, it's, it's, it's been amazing for that. I'd say the only downside is culling. My culling is so much harder now um, and takes twice as long. What, could so you take so many more great shots? Yeah, it's kind of like I just shoot a lot more with intent. And so I'm shooting more, but it's not. Yeah, it's it's there's more intent. So it's just I used to like cull in the way of like my first cull would be everything that is deliverable. Um, and, you know, for context, I might shoot I don't know, like 8000 photos at a 12 hour day wedding. Mm-hmm. And I'd cull that down to like, you know, one that just over a thousand five hundred that's deliverable. And then I'd cut that down more for what I'm, you know, what actually going to put in the set. But now, like the things that are deliverable is like 3000 or more. So oh, it's like yeah. it is 
So culling, culling's more difficult. So if you hate culling, then that might be the one downside. The one. <laughs> but the work I'm delivering is is so much stronger uh, than than it used to be. And yeah, I just I just I just enjoy it. I enjoy my wedding photography a lot more. Thanks thanks to yeah street photography. Man, there's so many benefits from it. Then there, you've listed like so many benefits. <laughs> it's like I I need to do it, Matt. I need to do it. Are you? I say this oh. on the podcast all the time, but I do need to do it. You know, I might love it as well. I might love come, it. Come on, man. Come on, good yeah. Come do one of the workshops. Like yeah, it should. <laughs> And and just actually, well, just to add on that, the other, I think one of the other benefits, and this is something like, because um, I know they've you've had Dom and Lee and York Place Studios on your on the podcast, and you know they're fantastic, mm. and they released the book. Where I've actually got it here somewhere, I think. Like, um, oh yeah, it's great. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, is this something like really good? And actually, they cause they they're really good like street photographers as well, and they they bring in a lot of this stuff. So like, also, if you're curious about street photography, like check out their book. It's fantastic. But a lot of it is also about how to deal with. I mean, it's in the title is this something it's like if you have like a boring might appear like a really boring like drinks reception or you know nothing's happening there's always stuff happening and like with street because one of the the the, the thing the magical things about street photography is a lot of it's shot in ordinary places so it's about capturing magic in ordinary scenes where people walk through every day see nothing a street photographer will go through and they will see magic and it's it's really quite like an amazing art form in that sense and that is really applicable to weddings where, you know, sometimes we're blessed with this, you know, amazing venue and people in colorful dress and like everyone doing shots and like high-fiving. And but other times it's, you know, might not be like that, it might be kind of the, mm-hmm. the opposite of that. And that's, but with street photography, you can find there's always interest. There's always things you can spot and play with. So it's, it's, you know, I mentioned earlier that it's really useful when it's like a, uh, when things are quite busy and, and you know, much time, but it's also really good when sometimes you have too much time and you can't find things. It's great uh, helping you find these things. And I know that's something like, yeah, Liam and Dom talk about a lot as well in their book. Oh man, it's got, you speak about it so well as well. It's lovely hearing your passion for it, but you speak about it so well as well. So I know you're going to be such a great teacher, dude. You really, you really will be. And you are already, I know, but I'm just people listening now. Honestly, yeah, do check out. What's what's your website for your workshops? It's uh, streetwithmat.com. Yeah, cool. Know, so it's nice and straightforward. <laughs> really do check it out because I know they're going to be great. I've already saw, I saw um, Kevin Kafash went on one of your workshops, didn't he? I saw him raving about it on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, he was he was great. He was um, he. I, I mean, Ke- Kevin's amazing. Yeah, he's he's the guy who set, set up Doc Day, and he's just yeah. such. I mean, him and Kat, they're such generally just fantastic people. Um, but yeah, he was he was he was a lot of fun. But he he wasn't always the. <laughs> I think he's probably gonna hear this, but yeah, he's probably, he wasn't always the best student in the sense of like <clears throat> I would like get him to do something, and then he'd start. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> He'd start, yeah, getting distracted and do something else. And I'm like, Kevin, come back here. You need to try, try this bit first. Like, <laughs> so, but it was fun. It was a, it was a lot of fun with him. But, um, but yeah, he and he, he got some, yeah, he got some fantastic stuff as well on that day. Like, um, but yeah, yeah, he, oh, he's great. That's cool. Yeah, he's a dude, isn't he? He's awesome. Yeah, and what they've made in Dot Day is awesome. But uh, also, you mentioned there then about your places book. Is this something which is awesome? And you mentioned as well. I spoke to Dom Liam on the podcast all about that book a few episodes ago. If people listen now, do do check it out. It's it's awesome. It's such a great book. But do you have any other kind of recommended resources or books on street photography that you could maybe also recommend? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I think if people are like, you know, wanting to start and have a think, you know, like don't know much about street, there's a great book. Um, I've got them here. Let's have a look. Uh, yeah, there's one called street photography now. 
Um, and that's really good in the sense that it, it, it covers a bit of like history street photography, gives you examples of different people, talks a bit more because there's so many different styles and approaches out there that, you know, if you go listen to one individual person, um, sometimes it's, I think, more of a generic thing like this is a good place to start. So that's Street Photography Now. It's a really good book. Um, it's like an introductory point. There's also another book. Um, uh, there's a quite famous London street photographer called Matt Stewart, who's famous for uh, photos he takes along, especially along Oxford Street, that are really, really good. Um, and then he's got like a photo book. So a lot of street photos have photo books that don't really have many words. It's just the images. But he recently, more recently released one. It's called Think Like a Street Photographer. And that's by Matt Stewart. And that's really just, it's a really well put together book. Like the way he's just graphically done it. It's really engaging. But also it is, he's trying to get into your his mind and how he thinks, how he sees things. And so that's really interesting. So those two books I'd recommend if you want to learn a bit more about street photography. One of my favorite like photo books from a street photographer is from one of the masters, Alex Webb. It's called The Suffering of Light. And it's oh, just... yes, I've got that. It's actually right next to me. It's like the only, yeah, I don't have any photography books. So it's literally right next to me. It's awesome, isn't it? There you go. So you know about street photography. <laughs> I just Thanks. like this book. It's great. <laughs> um, and that, that's really, that's a fantastic book. And it's just, it's, yeah, it's amazing. He shoots all over the world. And, and given especially you look at this and you think that, you know, a lot of these were shot in the 70s, 80s, you know, with film. And just sometimes the comp the layers and the different stories he's got in there is just yeah blows your mind. So Alex Webb's great. Um, but one thing you know with these some of these books is that they like the photo books they can be expensive. So the last thing I'll mention is there's this great website called uh, uh, Bump Books, and what they sell is um, they do zines. So zines are like little mini magazines. Um, and they're only like seven, eight quid. They're really good value. And he has on there a whole load of um, like these zines from different street photographers around the world, like a whole range and style. Uh, so cool. if you're looking for like a little bit of inspiration, these are great because, you know, you can get a bunch of them. And I have I, yeah, I have a few that I mean, just a name or two. Uh, there's one I don't really know saying, but it's, it's, a, it's he shoots a Moscow based wedding uh, street photographer. Right. Um, but he, his one is really fascinating uh forest walker the drowned world is another really good one i mean they're loads but yeah if you're just looking for a bit of inspiration and don't want to fork out you know 40 50 quid for the big books these small zines are just a great yeah great dose of of inspiration and, and i just i have such a love hate thing for instagram it's great at finding people and connecting with people but i just hate how they display photos Mm. they just don't do photos images justice so like i love having stuff in print so like yeah these zines are great for that as well that's cool man thank you for all that it's great yeah great list of resources there and books thank you all yeah really cool cool stuff and while it's in my head as well i just because i just think about it while you're talking then as well do you and it might be a really stupid question, actually. But I don't know. I'm going to ask it anyway because I ask lots of stupid questions. As people have ever heard this podcast before, <laughs> that's what I do. That's what it's built on. Um, no, but do, do you know when you're shooting on the street and you're shooting people specifically on the street? Are you like? Tr are you like? surreptitiously trying to photograph them with like you know having the using the screen down at your kind of waist or are you very obviously with the you know through the viewfinder obviously taking their photo or does it depend on the situation and stuff so yeah i mean first i don't believe there's stupid questions and this is a good example because this is a really good question okay. uh, you've asked because i think you know i mentioned earlier that you know your experience shooting can be very different based on your approach and and this is very much that so 
I, I, to answer your question, like directly, I, I try and find a place between being discreet, but not hiding. And what I mean by that is, so I, you know, I'm, I'm candidly photographing, uh, I mean, I would say like, you know, one of my favorite definitions of street photography is that it's, you know, is in essence, candid photography of humanity which I think is just really nice. It's about going out there. It's about seeing things, about connecting with the people in the world around you and then, and then capturing that. And, but I, to do it candidly, I don't want to interrupt. I mean, I don't want to interrupt people's days, what they're doing. I don't, but also I don't want to capture the scene because then it makes it, you can't really capture You can't really do it candidly. So I am discreet. I, you know, I won't go out wearing like really loud clothes unless, you know, it's a festival in Brighton or something. You know, I, I try clothes to match what's going on i normally just have a little like prime like small pancake lens on my camera i mostly shoot with 35 millimeter or 85 millimeter that's a full frame mm-hmm. and i and the way i shoot is i do shoot i love i love when the mirrorless camera is using the screen it just gives you uh so much freedom to adjust your composition and so i do shoot a lot but not necessarily from the waist. I might have it up high, low, move around, but I probably shoot more from the screen than I do through the viewfinder, unless it's very bright. Um, but yeah, I, I, what I do is kind of a rule of thumb is if anyone ever noticed me, I just smile. Because mm-hmm. when people look at you, they like might be curious what you're doing. And if you try and hide what you're doing, like put the camera down, pretend you weren't doing anything, it instantly, or even run away, <laughs> it's <instantly laughs> yeah. very suspicious. Mm-hmm. And they assume now that you are doing something wrong whereas if you smile it's just the opposite and that's just subconscious human nature that's worldwide um and and most times most times people don't notice me if people do notice me they just kind of wander off they just couldn't care less sometimes people smile back and keep walking very very rarely does anyone actually then uh, come and talk to me but if they do it's only ever from curiosity it's almost like what are you doing there not in like a hostile world but just yeah, a curious way and i'll always them i tell them what i'm doing i'll show them the photo um i for me it's also important that to do this with respect like i don't i want to be approachable so if someone does have a concern they feel free they can come and talk to me about it i will always be willing to delete a photo if someone asks me to even if it's like the best photo i've ever taken mm-hmm. i don't believe any photo is worth ruining someone's day and, and you got two memory cards, so they won't know if you did it. <laughs> no, no, Alan. No, <laughs> um, no, no. Sorry, go on, Matt. You you're speaking so well, yeah. And uh, yeah, I and um, but you know what? The I only once got asked to delete a photo, and that was someone who yeah didn't know what I was doing, and it was it was actually in Sierra Leone where they do have uh, they got a history with after the war and yeah, white people with cameras. And, and so like they had a reason to be, wait, what's going on? But actually I then spoke to them. I showed them the photo and not only did he not want me to delete it, he wanted me to send it to him. Oh, so wow. I've never actually, even though I'm always fully prepared to delete one, I've never actually, yeah, had to, uh, been asked to. And um, That's yeah. super, but, isn't it? I mean, you've been doing it, you've been doing it for so long. I've done so much as well. So yeah, and, and that's not just luck though. It's down to your approach and how you are. And as you say, like that smiling is, is so important. And obviously, as I said before, I've never done any street photography, but I do the same just at weddings. If people, you know, I just smile back. If people look like, you know, look around at me at times, just smile, that smile is, is so important. It, it sounds like a small thing, but it's so important. It, it does. And it's, it's universal in any culture, culture, it just, it puts people at ease. And yeah, I mean, yeah. People don't, they might just continue on their day, but it just, 
they don't think you're doing anything dodgy and so you don't get confrontation and it also what's really lovely is i've had like some amazing stories and experiences through this where you know people have come up and started talking to me i i mean oh, there's loads i i mean one of them was in havana cuba and i was early in the morning and i was down by they had this like big walkway next to like where the ocean like next to the ocean and there's this guy i saw in a distance doing some exercising press-ups and stuff and there were some palm trees in the background i thought oh this could be a cool scene and but just before i get into that place he finishes and yeah that happens and so i start away and he said oh excuse me um and he said and then he kind of walks towards me i just walked towards him and he said yeah what are you what are you doing and i said oh well yeah i'm just capturing this and i saw this and i showed him a couple of photos i was doing and we started talking and then he said well he's and he said he'd been doing this routine of going and exercising every morning for the last like 40 years i mean i thought i looked 40 so like i yeah i must have been older than that but then he said the next part of his routine is he goes home and makes like a boils up some coffee and he said look do you want to join me and we keep keep chatting and i said oh cool yeah so i went with him and we ended up for, i i'd like planned i was only in havana for three days and i planned to do like loads of shooting that morning and i ended up spending nearly three hours with this guy chatting, oh, some really strong coffee, <laughs> uh, just talking about light life and um, communism. I, you know, something I'd covered a little bit in one of my modules in university, and it interested me. But talking to someone who was had been living it and grown grown up in it, it was just fascinating. Um, and I've had so many experiences like that. Uh, another one in Colombia. This was when we were with a group of people, and we were in Medellin. And we were in these one these uh, communas, and which which you've got to be careful. Some of them they can be a little risky. So this is one reason we were doing this bit with a group. Mm-hmm. But you know, start raining, we took a bit of shade to shelter, and this woman across the road just started waving us over. I said, oh, no, "Come inside, come inside." And there was like I think six of us, seven of us. <laughs> and then we went inside, and like yeah, and she and this, she, she handed around these little plastic cups, and she had this like cold wine. I think her husband had made or something, and she gave us all like some wine. And we stayed there for like ages, just chatting until like yeah, the rain stopped, and it was just. You know, you wouldn't get if it wasn't for the camera and street photography. You, I would not have ever met these kinds of people and had these experiences. Mm. So it's amazing for that. I, I do want to add, like, you always want to be safe. Um, so whenever I go to a place, I do look up what are what are the risks, uh, what are the scams going on, mm-hmm. and you know, so I, I do take you know precautions. And, you know, and it does depend if you're with a group on your own. I'm also very aware that this is this is different, whether you're a guy or, or you know, a girl, mm-hmm. because there are different risks. Um, so, you know, always, always be aware and, and be safe. But, yeah, you can definitely have these kind of experiences and, you know, going as a group makes it easier as well. But it just, yeah, it's just it's the camera can be a great icebreaker um, to these kind of conversations with people. That's so cool. It's so cool to hear about those uh, particular stories as well. And yeah, it sounds like you've had loads of them. It's so cool. Yeah, I'm just sitting, just listen. I'm just listening. I like listening to you, man. <laughs> just sitting here with a smile on my face. This is really nice. It's like really nice. It's cool. Um, okay, let's let's change tack though slightly, Matt. Let's change tack. And I don't know if you've listened to many or any. Uh, you know, you mentioned at uh, the York Play Studios, but we do sometimes do a little game on the podcast. Have you ever heard it? This is the bit I was most anxious about. <laughs> it's, so, it's so funny how so many people say that. <laughs> because because I I whenever I listen, like I love this part and I nearly get them all right. That's and great. I just know that oh I just yeah, it's not gonna happen. 
I know the Greek is going to be like, oh, you always get them right. What happened there? Like, <laughs> well, so, I, yeah, I uh, think, I think, um, I think you'll get at least one of these. I think so. Yeah. So if anyone's listening to it for the first time, though, just play a little game on the podcast just to mix it up. Where I'm going to say a movie or a series synopsis, and we're going to see if Matt can get the title. Um, they're not always on Netflix. It's any kind of streaming service or anything really. But um, yeah, and hopefully people enjoying playing at home. So yes, uh, Matt, you ready for your first one? Yes. <laughs> okay, okay. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Okay, so Bernard Black runs a bookshop, though his customer service skills leave something to be desired. He hires Manny as an employee. Fran runs the shop next door. Between the three of them, many adventures ensue. Luckily, I've, I've seen this, like, I think I've seen it this, like three times the seasons. Uh, but yeah, Black Books. Yeah, straight in. Boom. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I recommend. <laughs> I saw that on your uh, on your on your on your about me page, I think, in your grid of like images of things about oh. you. So that's why I asked that one. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I only I watched a few episodes years ago. It's old, isn't it? Isn't it like? No, 15 years old or older. Yeah, yeah, uh, probably long older than that. But it was made around the same time as IT Crowd. I think it might be made by the same creators or something. But it's it is IT Crowd, which embarrassingly I used to think was called the It Crowd. <laughs> oh right, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the um, the IT Crowd and Black Books. I, I think they're the, I never normally watch things again the second time. But those I've, I've probably over the years watched. I probably like three times through all. Uh-huh. So, but really good, really good quality. I will have to watch more. I remember watching it. Yeah, a couple of times I was liking it. So, yeah, I think I would like it. Cool. Okay. Well, one out of one so far, Matt. Let's go on to your second one. So this one uh, is another series, which is more recent. Although the first part of it came out quite a while ago. But anyway, okay. So two London drug dealers ply their lucrative trade at a public housing estate in East London. Uh, see, this is... I'm more of a movie person. I, don't oh, I guess the excuse is thought you normally do movies. Um, <laughs> this um, is a... I've seen trailers for like, like, oh, there's like Top Boy or That's something. That's it. That's it. That... Yeah. Well done. <laughs> Straight in. Oh, man. Have you, have you not seen it? No. No, no, no. I so said thank you for in, uh, YouTube trailers. <laughs> YouTube <laughs> <answer>. <laughs> well, honestly, if anyone's, I massively recommend it. It's one of the best things on TV. It's so good. Yeah, Top Boy. It's just brilliant. Oh, really, really good. I'll have to check it out then. Yeah, it is. Two out of two, man. Okay, well, this third one is a movie, but it's it's the harder one. I always leave the third one the hardest. Um, so, okay, so this is a movie. It's probably, oh, I think it's maybe seven or eight years old, something like that. So, and, and we're recording this around Halloween, so that's a theme. It's kind of a horror film, I think. Okay, anyway, so a grieving woman accompanies her boyfriend and his grad school colleagues to a remote Swedish village that isn't the idyllic commune it appears to be. Oh, I don't, know. I, I don't watch many horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> no. Karina, we're watching one tonight. Karina gets me to watch them around Halloween. She likes them, and I, I, I give in a Halloween night. Um, yeah well i i think i'm gonna have to pass on that one no sorry man yeah it's a hard so i I don't know what to say as a clue either to be honest so it's called midsummer midsummer Uh, oh you know what i've seen the trailer for that one as well but yeah i wouldn't have guessed it no that was tough sorry man that was hard but two out of three is very very good good. (laughs) well done dude well done what what horror film are you watching tonight then i 
don't know <laughs> she hasn't told me yet but she, yeah we're getting we're getting a pumpkin so we're gonna do pumpkin carving and then go and uh, yeah and watch a um watch watch one i think watch one of the classics or something oh nice yeah i wonder what's the original scream again because they kind of released a modern scream as well didn't they recently like kind of it's not a remake is it but it's like kind of reboot type thing is it oh i don't know Did yeah you- yeah yeah, I think so. Like, I've watched it, and they keep saying it was a. Uh, it's the I don't know, I forgot, Jennifer Toga or something. With who did was Wednesday. Um, oh, right. She was in it, and uh, but yeah, I, I, yeah I, I see a lot of trailers. <laughs> I think YouTube knows I like movies, but <laughs> I haven't I haven't seen that movie. No, I need to watch it. Blair Witch is still one of my favourite uh, horrors. I still... Oh, that is that is a classic. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I mean, oh. yeah. um, Dog Soldiers. Oh no, I've not seen that. That good. That, that that was around the same time, but it yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's a bunch of English soldiers and training, and then there's basically a werewolf, and they fight a werewolf, and it's but it's kind of like one of those like it's horror, but then also kind of funny as well. Oh, uh, I quite like that kind of genre. Yeah. Mm. Watch that one as a kid. I don't know, yeah. What's your favorite movie of all time? Then you said you're a big movie buff. Oh, your that's a horrible question. Um, I I don't I don't know. I really. Yeah. I really couldn't say. Um, no, that is too big a question. What about my favourite, uh, uh, one that you've watched semi-recently that you could recommend? Um, what have I watched recently? <laughs> it's funny on the spot, isn't it? It's funny. I can't, yeah. Like, I... This is the whole time thing I mentioned earlier. Like, my mind is, like, really trying to remember time. You know, I can't think. No. Bad. yeah i can't think of movies i watch recently actually yeah just we seem to watch more series actually than movies because we can just we only have energy to watch about 30 40 minutes per night before going to bed i think so just watch little bits of series just been watching the david beckham series which is actually very good i like that ah, interesting yeah. anyway but anyway let's go but let's go back to photography matt and well <laughs> done uh, two out of three was, that's really good um and let's talk about let's go back to let's talk about your wedding work we haven't really spoken much about that and one of your specific reportage wars that i want to ask you about which is cool because it's something you don't see very often is what appears to be like a woman standing in a bucket of beers it looks like i think it looks, is it beers? <laughs> yeah that was a wedding of years i've been re- like i've I, every year I'm like, I'm going to enter awards this year. I'm going to enter awards this year. And I don't think I've entered. I've been really bad. It's something I'm going to really try and change next year. Cause I don't think I've ever put anything in for the last like three, four years. <gasps> oh, uh, but I do remember it was a, um, yeah, it was just a wedding and it was just, uh, it was at the Lido. So on these like London swimming pools in, uh, oh, it might have been Brixton or somewhere, but, um, they'd had the ceremony just inside and then there's a little reception outside and the bridesmaid had just she basically worn shoes that were horribly uncomfortable she said they made them look good but really uncomfortable and so literally as soon as they, they'd stopped gone outside she just took them off and just put her they had just had like yeah one of these big plastic uh like kind of box not boxes but containers where they put like the beers with some ice in and she just dived straight into it and she spent quite a bit of time with her feet just in there um but yeah it was just a really fun really fun moment and then yeah i loved also with those kind of shots i always keep an eye on people's reactions as well because often i think mm. you know sometimes the reactions can be better than the action themselves and um but yeah it was just a really fun scene i'm very lucky a lot of fun couples no that's cool well, it's not just luck though man it's all about what you you as a person what kind of images you're showing as well it's all part of it and it? it's all part of it and that shot is cool i've never seen anything like that i think at a wedding so very cool and um yeah and i think when i've looked at that image i always presumed it is like somewhere super hot like you know like you know south of france or something but that's funny it's actually in london yeah london it wasn't even that warm a day no it was the her shoes <laughs> 
<laughs> that's funny um cool and uh, something else that i mentioned i saw how your black books you had that black books image on your about page and on a section called little things that bring me joy which i think is really nice to have on there dude and one of the things you show on there is double yes <laughs> do, you, do, do you have any tips for playing it because i'm awful at it i'm so bad at it um yeah i think like and i'm like we have like four versions of that now and i even like a one i think at a wedding i actually took it as a gift for the couple and then some of the guests end up playing it because <laughs> they said um yeah the the double is uh i think it's you you want to don't look at in things individually look because the colors of the items are always the same so almost like blur your vision a little bit ah. and look for color and that's a really good tip <laughs> Because you know when they say like you get this in critiques sometimes with photographers is like you know they can talk about how you know the the brightest part of the photo draws your eye or how red is mm. the color that draws your eye most so be aware of those and if you blow your eyes at an image you can see it so much clearer because the shapes kind of start to fade away but yeah it's the same same kind of strategy strategy with yeah with double um, and I also like I've, I, I it also depends what kind of photographer you are but like. I'm quite uh, informal, um, like uh, with my couples. Like I want them to, like I was saying, the unprofessional, professional, like professional experience to make it feel very informal, though. And so, yeah, putting stuff up like that little grid of images. I've had so many couples that have just like, yeah, referenced something in there, like, yeah, we love uh, doubles, a big one that comes up, or this TV show, and it's just a nice way to, I think, kick off the interaction. Um, so that's something that, yeah, if, if people have those kind of couples, like, definitely recommend doing something like that. I think that makes total sense. And it's easy, the way you've put it up as like a grid of images rather than, you know, a lengthy paragraph of text or even like just, um, you know, bullet points. It's easier for people to just to, to take in and see things that appeal to them as well, I guess. And yeah, that makes that makes sense. Maybe I should do that. I think I have too much kind of verbose copy on my site, probably. It is something that I, I personally, I mean, I'm, I'm dyslexic and I, I personally hate big, I see like a paragraph of text and I'm like, I don't want to read that. Mm. Um, it's something really interesting. It's like part of me just wants to move away from it. So it's, it's, it's something on my white website. I've always tried to think what are different ways to display information. Um, and yeah, that's, yeah, one example. Yeah, which I've never seen, I think, and, you know, because obviously I look at loads of people's websites, obviously we're running <laughs> reportage and doing the podcast as well. I don't think I've ever seen that before on anyone's uh, about page. So, yeah, it's, it's it's a really good idea. It's really good. I should do that. Just put up, I should just put up like photos of McSpicy and like table tennis and McDonald's. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just, yeah I'll just put up the whole McDonald's menu, little images. And uh, no, good. Did I also see on your grid, did you have Die, did you have die Hard on there? Did you have a little Die yeah, Hard? Yeah. Best, best Christmas movie. Oh, so I was going to ask you. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I agree, though. It's a Christmas film. It, it's Christmas. It's Christmas. I, I know it's controversial, but like I'm saying, it's, it's got. It feels. I feel like if you if you personally associate it with Christmas, it can be a Christmas movie, and so many people do, and it has those vibes. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a it's a Christmas movie. Yeah, I'm with you, Matt. I'm with you. I class Groundhog Day as a Christmas movie, even though that isn't at Christmas at all. But it feels Christmassy to me because there's snow in it, and like, yeah, I love Groundhog yeah. Day. I love Groundhog Day. Do you like that film? Yeah, I just I think I've only watched it the one time with Bill Murray, isn't it? Yeah, only once. I don't I don't think that was even possible to only watch that film once, you know, because <laughs> the whole concept of it is yeah. no. But I mean, it's so good. Oh, I love it. If I not actually, I sometimes ask people a question, so I'm going to ask you that now, Matt. If you could choose one day in your life to live over and over again, like Groundhog Day, what day would you choose? Oh, 
That's tough. I'm, I mean, it's a cliche, but I'm actually, I'm going to say our, our wedding day, which was oh. last, was last year, wasn't it? Yeah, 2020, yeah. <laughs> last, last May, which was, <laughs> it was just, yeah, it was, it was so much. We just wanted it to be fun. It was like in the countryside, in a barn, and we just had family, friends. We had, you know, over a couple of days and it was just, yeah, we had an ice cream truck. <laughs> we had like, nice. we had a crisp bar buffet. Oh, because. Nice. My favorite Chris from my childhood. We had like, like yeah, love you. It was just, it was just so fun and just hanging out with everyone. I think especially after the pandemic, where you know hadn't seen so many people. Um, mm. It was, and like we started like twelve o'clock and fin- midday and finished like three in the morning with some karaoke. Oh, <laughs> and, that's cool. And it still went just way too fast. So like, I know it might be a cliche, and but that was, I'd say, so far, so far. I always like to think that's not, you know, you can up it, but so far, I'd say that's been the day, yeah, the best day. Oh, well, that's really lovely. That's really lovely to hear, dude. That's awesome. That's cool. That's cool. And who who were your photographers? Ah, uh, yes, that's the question we get a lot. <laughs> uh, so we we got Simon Leclerc. Oh, wicked, yes, yeah, from Belgium. He's done. He's Didn't he shoot one of the uh, one of your Christmas parties? The sabotage parties, yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, he did a great uh, job. We, well, we actually, we first met him at Doc Day. I can't remember which, oh, yeah. which Doc Day it was. But um, we, like, where everyone's taking notes and stuff going, we're listening to, we're, like, literally taking, like, notes for, like, who do we want as a wedding photographer? <laughs> and Simon wasn't uh, speaking, but he was uh, shooting it. And I was watching him. And, like, I think he caught me watching him at one point. I was wondering what. But, like, you know, just the way he was shooting and then moving around, like, you know, seeing a lot of stuff, but kind of just blending in, like, really good at just kind of, yeah. And, yeah, we spoke to him. We got to know him. And he's just such a lovely guy as well. And yeah, he came over. He came over with a friend of his called Walter, uh, who we hadn't met before. But they, oh, yeah. I mean, they, they, they shoot. We always said we wanted someone who photographs how we photograph weddings. Um, ultimately, we've always photographed weddings how we would want, yeah, our own done. And mm. and they just, they just, yeah, they were amazing, and they just did such a fantastic job. Oh, that's great, man. Cool. Yeah, I've, I think I briefly met Walter. I think he came over when they went to Doc Day that time. When they all drove over, I think he did come over to Doc Day. So. <laughs> Um, but oh, that's really cool. And do, were you watching like Simon throughout the day, or did you just, you know, get in the moment? <laughs> you know? No, no. We um, and the whole point for us, we wanted to get someone that we could trust, so that we could switch that size of our brains off and just be in it. Mm. Um, and that that was it. We just, you know, fully trust him. So no, didn't didn't like, yeah, notice him uh, at all. Like, yeah, I think we shared some ice cream with them. Uh, I did some karaoke with them at like one, two in the morning. Oh, nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> What's your karaoke um, song of choice? um oh uh probably tell me why backstreet boys oh nice classic um also <laughs> oh, i just love a range i also don't know what i really like it's a very different vibe but uh uh zombie by the cranberries oh yeah that's classic as well <laughs> that's a great <laughs> but i always i always like wreck my throat on the zombie bit um but yeah <laughs> nice we need to uh, do that more i've never they do um karaoke at nine dots don't they? but i've never i never do it and my voice is always wrecked just from talking anyway so yeah it does wreck you but it's like i mean i i mean me and karina neither of us can really sing well um i always feel like if you really if you're a really good singer you're not allowed to do karaoke <laughs> it's uh, against the rules That's funny. yeah but it's, 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 it's a really fun way we just wanted to keep you know things going like in romania their weddings um yeah, i respect romanian wedding photographers they often finish at like six in the morning five yeah. six thing they're really long um and we just yeah we just wanted to keep it going a bit so that was like just to, for those that wanted to stay and actually a lot more people stayed even like some of my 
like yeah like family and stuff that I was not expecting stayed and got involved which was really cool oh that's nice was simon there until 3 a.m then as well yeah yeah they were camping on site um cool yeah they they kept going and yeah uh, they nice. were there awesome nice good stuff cool good stuff um let's go on to so i've yet still always you got still got questions here and i want to talk to you more matt so i re- i read that you went to an international school in paris from five to eleven and that had a big effect on your love for travel and different cultures yeah can you tell us more about that and do you speak french yo <laughs> <laughs> um, i used to um yeah you do your research um i like some of these things i wrote on my website like 10 years ago i need to remember what's on them um (laughs) But yeah, no, it was an amazing experience. So we just moved there when I was like, yeah, five, six years old, my dad's work and it was an international school. So, um, but yeah, I think what was amazing, especially that age is that I just like, I was normally the only English kid and of, and often it was only like a third of the kids in the classroom white. So you just grow up being around different nationalities and stuff. So you, you really don't, you don't see the difference. You don't, you just like yeah you, i mean they you know you you they always say like you know with racism stuff that's not something you're born with that's something that's added to you mm-hmm. but it's true and when you grow up in an environment where you, you just don't you don't see color at all you don't see the difference which i think was such a healthy thing like not obviously something i was aware of back then um but also they used to you know celebrate different holidays so if someone in, in the classroom say were well, from india like you know uh, diwali they you know they'd celebrate um you know stuff like uh e like um for like there's Muslim kids there like you just had like yeah and that was really nice but they did it in a way like often like maybe the the mum or the kid would like bake some treats uh, and then bring them in so like there's always a sense of like you saw difference as a celebration and fun and games and and, and it's just I think just such a lovely way yeah to to grow up I mean it does make looking at the world sometimes a lot we get much more frustrated looking around and yeah their uh, points of view and stuff like that but it's i think it's yeah it's just such it was a really really nice yeah like yeah to grow up in that environment um so yeah really grateful i had that experience yeah that's really cool what place to grow up grow up in as well yeah that's yeah I, paris was yeah was really cool favorite thing to do was just sit have a my little bottle of coca-cola and just watch the world go by in the cafes like it was just fascinating like always found people interesting and i think it's another reason i love street photography yeah um, but yes yeah, also led to why i really yeah like to yeah travel and experience different places i think it's also why i believe in treating people you know with with respect and uh, and like one thing on was important for me to do is like on the what i have this like week-long one in vietnam is that I'm going to have some uh, local street photographers come in on one of the days and do like a mini talk, um, you know, which I'll be paying them for, and then spend that, that day with us. Because it doesn't matter how many times I go to a place and research and look up on it, like I'm never going to have a good sense of the place as someone obviously from there. Mm. So, you know, with these, with these workshops, I really believe in the experience. Like, you know, street photography is such an amazing way to see a place and experience a place. And so I like to build upon that both in like the restaurants, we go to local restaurants, you get to experience the food, the music, you know, you get to really get the sense of the place. And, and that's another part of it is that I want to have people like get this local street photographers in. So you get to meet them as well and just just really deepen that experience. And another part is that I do for those one week long ones, 10% of the um, of, of the like the ticket price goes to a local charity. Mm. Uh, in in that country because you know often we're visiting countries that are are you know poor in nature and so you know those people don't have those kind of um, the people there that don't have the same kind of opportunities we have and i think it's nice to 
yeah, pay, pay that back a bit. That's really nice, man. That's really nice. You're just such a lovely guy, though. Anyway, it's so nice. It's so nice. And um, yeah, I remember, I remember when you oh, I was like, a while ago, and you were doing you did that jelly bean thing, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I did a, a conference uh, bringing together different um, uh, weddings. So, so it was like a, yeah, like a comp, but like it was for not just wedding photographers, it was for different wedding supplies, bringing them together. It was it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. It was I just re- it was just like it kind of like wrecked my brain a bit. Oh, I can um, imagine. Mm. I, that's why I didn't kind of take it forward. And obviously like with the pandemic, it was probably a good, a good thing. Uh, you know, big, big respect for people doing, you know, conferences. I mean, I really saw like the amount of work going in behind the scenes. Like, yeah, so huge respect for people who, you know, like, yeah, Kevin and Annie with uh, Doc Day, uh, Raul, even Nine Dots, like all these different, there's so much that goes into it. I'm like, I'm really glad they did it, but it was just, I think, yeah, for my mind. And I, and I've, since then kind of learned a bit more about myself and i've like i've yeah had you know deal with like depression anxiety i also a couple years ago got diagnosed with adhd um which was really therapeutical looking back and understanding (laughs) how things were different based on my mind working differently and to make like huge improvements for my life just understanding that um, but it was that there, yeah, it kind of like, it was a lot. <laughs> I can only imagine, man, you know, I only do the TIR Christmas party in terms of events. So I can't imagine trying to do a big thing like that that you did, but it's such a positive thing that you did though there and a positive thing that you're doing with the street photography as well. And you're making a difference. And as you say as well, with like getting locals in and, and, and 10% of the price is going to a local charity as well. You're doing such good stuff, dude. You should be so, so proud. It's so cool. It's so cool. Thanks, man. I'm I'm very British. I'm not good at taking compliments. <laughs> no, I get that, but you should. Just to say, you too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do any of that kind of stuff. No, it's awesome what you do, man. It's all, it's, it's really, really cool. And um, Matt, I just looked down. We're like an hour. It has flown by. It's been so lovely talking to you. Um, and I'm going to see you. You're going to come to the TIR Christmas party, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got, got a ticket. Uh, me and Karina coming along. Really looking forward to it. Like, it's, it's been a busy summer. We've not done a lot of socialising, so Make yeah, really, really looking forward to yeah, meeting meeting some of the crowd there. Oh, good. Yeah, and it'd be great to to see you again as well. It's been a while. Was it? I see you. Did I see you at Doc Day this February? Were you there? Or, uh, huh? Yes. Yeah. yeah. We've been to all the Doc Days. We've yeah, we've we love what they've created there. So yeah. I needed to get. I missed. It. I didn't get you on the podcast because I had a little mic. Um, yeah, I should have interviewed you there at, at Doctor. <laughs> oh, that was quite fun doing that. But was, yeah, anyway. But anyway, um, but Matt, let's do let's do one more question before before you leave me. Um, yes. Before to do your proposal shoot, actually. Oh, let's uh, just ask you: Do you have any? Because I was looking at your blog. I did notice you do quite a few proposals. Do, do do you have any any tips on that? This is not your last question, but do you have any <laughs> tips on on proposal shoots? Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I found it especially being so close to London and they're mostly tourists, a lot of them Americans coming over. They could be a nice thing. Um, I, I prefer weddings. Uh, I find them less stressful, but I, I, yeah, they have been a great little thing to kind of like plug in. And sometimes when I need to, yeah, raise a bit more uh, money at the end of the year. But um, yeah, I, uh, I mean, I think the only thing I'd recommend is that I've done from the beginning is I always have a planning call and I even put this as in like part of my package. So that's after they booked, I always do after they booked and paid for it. Um, but yeah, I just have a zoom call, uh, with the person proposing and it just means that it puts me at ease because I know where it's going to be, what's going to happen. Mm. Um, I also, you know, I, you know, sometimes they'll recommend places and I'm like, well, that might not work there and I can, we can do it here instead. And it puts them at ease as well. And they always really appreciate it, but it just makes the whole thing more relaxed. Mm. Um, 
So sense. yeah, if you follow proposals uh, for your own peace of mind and theirs, highly recommend just doing a you know a um, uh, yeah call with them beforehand. And also just a little thing I use because in case they're running late, or I'm trying to find them. I always just get them on WhatsApp and share the live WhatsApp location, um, uh, so um, you can see them coming and if they're running a bit late or something like that. So that also helps with making it more relaxed. Because I think that's the biggest thing. I think people find proposals as they can be a bit more stressful um but yeah, yeah the call and the whatsapp helps a lot with that good tips dude good tips i've only done a couple but yeah i wish i'd had those tips beforehand yeah because i as you say i do find them more stressful than uh than weddings actually because you can't can't retake a proposal it's a big deal but no it's all good i hope it goes well this afternoon for you as well it's all you. good but let's okay your last question matt let's do what would be your top tips or just top tip to help someone become better at the documentary side of wedding photography. Yes, documentary wedding photography. Any top tips, Matt? I... Can I give two? You can indeed. Um, the first one, and I'm not, like, try street photography. <laughs> yeah, you've got to say that. You've got to. <laughs> and you don't have to come on my workshop. <laughs> like, just go out and give it a go because it is, it's so good. I mean, when you're practicing, you know, I always think it's interesting how, you know, you have like sports people, match day Saturday, but they train throughout the week. And, and I know obviously we have editing other stuff, but just getting out more and it really does train your eye to see more. And so it's just going to make it's so much your documentary stuff is going to get so much better it's going to be so much easier it's going to be so much more fun and playful so really recommend yeah just getting out um and if just as a side tip to that is if you it's your first time locations some locations are easier than others the easiest locations out there are tourists like go to somewhere tourists everyone has a camera everyone's just staring at stuff you can play no one notices you no one cares honestly you want to go out and you're a little unsure or like this easiest places places full of tourists um and then my second one is it's the best tip i've ever been given uh and that is from tyler working uh who's yeah american photographer. i've been on two of his workshops in the past really good educator um but his tip for me was after he did like a critique of my work was slow down and honestly out of everything i've ever learned i've always been big on education and investing myself but that has been the single best thing and by that you know it means like you know firstly accept you're not you're going to miss 90 percent of this wedding obviously some are more important than others but like just you know slow down start seeing things noticing things you see that you know you know what you're doing like this is good and stay with it a bit longer you know work through it you talk about like the moment curve you know the moment might get better but honestly like that just just slow down was i think the single best tip i've ever been given so that's not mine that's from tyler <laughs> and those are, well, everything you said there is great advice so dude yeah really 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 great advice and yes i totally get that one from tyler as well patience slowing down like i was like a headless chicken my first probably you know years of weddings thinking that you just have to be everywhere at once and yeah. your work just gets so much better isn't it when you just realize no you don't have to be trying to capture everything if you just stay with a scene longer have trust your instinct that something might happen in that scene and staying with it longer um yeah it just elevates your work doesn't it and uh, yeah the, the work you deliver you don't end up delivering less work you deliver i mean if anything else i'm just now deliver more work and it's just the quality is so much better so it's not mm -hmm. like oh yeah going to be lazy slow down it's like no you're doing this for you you're doing this for the client your work's going to be you know what they're getting at the end of the day if you slow down, it's, it's going to be a lot stronger. Yeah, 
totally and great advice that i know i need to go out and try street photography and great advice to go somewhere first if you're scared that like a tourist hotspot that makes total sense you know and i could be doing that in cornwall you know there's lots of tourist places yeah. so. <laughs> probably not on the beach probably shouldn't go on the on the on the beach with a camera yeah. like that probably wouldn't be the best way to start yeah, there are street photographers who do that i mean i am not comfortable doing that <laughs> yeah no it's Firstly. funny um, the first the very first proposal i did actually they wanted he want you know he wanted to do it on the, the beach down here in cornwall um but they were like running about 40 minutes late and i was just you know walking around the beach with a long lens feeling very not at ease so yeah but anyway um matt i've been so fun talking to you and you're just so great to, to listen to you have so many great bits of advice and i just know that your workshops are going to be an audio i know you've already done some but they're just going to be so good and add so much value to people so people listening now do head to it was streetwithmatt.com isn't it yeah that's yeah. right and book onto one of his workshops and um i'll also include a link through to it matt um from this episode's page on this reportage.com and yes, it's all the best for it all getting the going forwards, dude. Um, I know they've already been a success and I just know they're going to be as well going forward as well. And I will be seeing you in, I don't know, it's about six weeks time or something at the, at the Christmas party. Uh, seeing you up in Leeds first, I think. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I forgot that. Yeah, so that's only a couple of weeks away, isn't it? I need to get sorted. Yeah, looking forward to it. But yes, thanks for talking to me, man. It's been honestly super chatting to you. Yeah, likewise. And see you soon. Bye-bye, man. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the 136th episode of the This Is Reportage podcast. Love chatting to Matt. Hope you enjoyed listening in. Head to thisreportage.com for a link through to his website to see the fab reportage award he spoke about and to see the details of the books he mentioned on the episode too. And head to streetwithmatt.com to sign up to one of Matt's street workshops. You can also sign up to his newsletter there to be the first to know when he announces new dates. We now have 136 episodes of the podcast available where we speak to wedding and family photographers from all over the world. If you like this episode, delve into our back catalogue for lots more. If you're not a member of this reportage or the reportage family, check out all the benefits of joining us, including an unlimited number of images on your profile, 60 individual award and 18 story award entries per year, invites to our physical meetups and parties, such as our Christmas party in London on December the 11th, 2023 exclusive discounts, hours of educational videos featuring tips and advice from some of the world's best photographers, and much more too. There's just a few days left to enter our final awards collections of 2023. The deadline is the same for both sites. Submit by 2359 GMT on the 23rd of November 2023. No poses, nothing staged, this is Reportage. And this is bye for now. <laughs>